Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. As Tim has said, my name is Paulina. I'm the operations manager here, and this is like four weeks into my job. It's great to be here. It's great to see you all. And I will be speaking about the peace of God. Um, thank you so much, Adele, Ruth, and all the team. That sounded amazing. That was beautiful. Thank you. The peace of God, when you hear after this beautiful worship, it's quite easy to think, ah, yeah, the peace of God. It's, you can kind of take it for granted. I can, you can feel the presence. Um, however, me, like I'm sure you as well, sometimes we, I lose my peace. And so I've come up with this um, map to get me back to finding it. So let's take a step back. What is peace? Peace, in a general sense, is the absence of war. Um, When I was living in in Munich in the early 90s, people used to go to Yugoslavia on holidays all the time, Greek islands, etc., etc., and suddenly, seemingly out of the blue, war broke out in, in Bosnia, part of Yugoslavia. It was just like, what? It just was just seemed like there was a tension there already that not all of us have been aware of. And it was like dry, dry, dry land. And all it took is one spark for it to to ignite. Um, And so that spark in that case, apparently what they had reported back then was that there was um, three different ethnic groups, people living together peacefully in a village in Bosnia. And one guy that lived by himself, he got brutally murdered. And then, of course, there was a revenge act. And suddenly, all hell broke loose, literally. And of course, it wasn't just that, and I'm probably oversimplifying it, but the tension was already there. So peace can be the absence of war. Peace is also a sense of tranquility and calm that hopefully you've experienced or are experiencing this morning. So the absence of war between countries, but really between any groups of people. We have family feuds. We have, you know, you can have war in your family. And also, um, peace is the absence of war in your head. I like this definition from Merriam-Webster that peace of mind is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotion. So disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, who doesn't want to be free of them and have that peace of mind? Peace 
peace is, is both tangible, it's something that I can touch and grasp and, and feel, and it's also desirable, isn't it? So what I mean by tangible is that often you just come into a room and people just say there's been like an argument or something. You can feel the tension. You, you know, there's that expression that you can cut through the, the atmosphere. And so it's tangible in the same way um, uh, babies when they finally settle down and the parents can go to sleep, we just say, oh, the baby has settled at last. So it's, a state, it's, it's just such a desirable thing. It's settling. And in the Old Testament, there's many um, stories where God is promising that after the wars, people will settle and make their home somewhere. So that's a sense of peace that, that they need to have. And then also, um, if when people are dying, we are very much hoping that people die peacefully. And it doesn't matter what you believe about what happens after death. You so often hear, oh, he died peacefully, she died peacefully, thank goodness. And it gives us such a sense of relief. So peace is something that I can have in my head, in my heart, in my home, and in my environment. The effects of peace is a sense of calm and well-being, better relationships, better health. You just think that more of us would um, make it a priority, wouldn't you? So, worth pursuing. But we are talking now, I'm going to be talking about the peace of God. What's that? What's the difference? The same as any peace, the peace of God is both tangible and desirable. But what's different about it is, of course, it is supernatural. It's not something that I can conjure up. And also, it is available in all circumstances. And that might be something you may be questioning. You just think, well, really? Like, what if, what if, what this happens, and what if that happens? How the heck can I keep peace? But the peace of God is supernatural. Um, and... This next term, we're going to explore those difficult times that we've, we don't, we're struggling with understanding why we go through stuff. And so, yeah, do keep tuned in. The next term, we'll be talking about those difficult times and where God is and why, why God. This is what I came up with thinking about the peace of God. The peace of God is simply a peace of God. Why? I've been pondering for ages. I just thought, why doesn't it say peace from God? You can all have peace from God. No, it says the peace of God. What does that mean? It means the peace of God is somehow God. So how do we get peace in general terms? Let's just take a, a moment and, and 
just have a little think about how do you get peace? What do you do when you feel the need for peace? What works well for me is to just get away from it all. There's some tension, there's some drama going on. Okay, bye. And I go for my walk or my run and I just get out into nature and it's extremely peaceful. The problem with that is I come back and there's not necessarily a resolution to the situation. There's other ways, of course, of hiding away um, to get peace. A lot of people turn into workaholics. They hide away in their jobs. You could hide behind your children. You could hide behind your parents. You could hide behind, just do some self-medication, we call it, to drown your state of war in your head and in your heart. So we can get into denial to get peace, but that is not the peace that we're after. So how do we get this peace of God? I've put together some how-tos and just took them right from the scriptures because I don't have to make stuff up. The, the word is full of, full of good stuff. And there's so many references to peace that um, the time here won't be quite enough, otherwise we'd be here all day. But even non-church people report that... Um, that they feel a sense of peace when often they go to a church, whether they attend a church service or just come to a church building and just sit there quietly. So it's not just us Christians who can feel this peace of God. And that I find very encouraging. But let's look at some of these scriptures, some of those, to, to get us a road map. One of the things the Apostle Paul says is, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. There's a lot in here, but I'll stick with the, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What do you let rule in your heart. Do you get impatient? Do you just go with whatever is happening around you? The thing is that Paul doesn't just give us this without giving us some context and an explanation. And, and just before this passage, he's actually saying, get rid of your old self. Get rid of all anger and malice. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And then he is just saying, now clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness. It's not just a cinder. With humility, gentleness, with patience. And he also is saying, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And he's also, um, I'm getting ahead of my start. 
Jesus is saying, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So it is his peace. It is the peace of God. It is Jesus himself. He says, my peace I give to you. And he's pointing out, of course, what the problem is with us losing our peace. We're letting our hearts be troubled. There's trouble and we lose our peace. And just before he says this, Jesus is saying that he's sending an advocate, the Holy Spirit. He just says, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So he's basically telling us, get to know me, look at me, and you see what Father God is like. And he's not leaving us alone. He's sending us the advocate, the Holy Spirit. This one might be quite obvious. How do we lose our peace? How do we lose our peace? Despite all the good intentions, you might be doing everything right and something happens and you still, we lose our rag, don't we? We get anxious, we get mad, we get impatient. We worry about what other people think of us. That can make people lose their peace big time. We're comparing each other, us ourselves, with others. Sometimes we lose our peace because we might feel guilty and that might be a good thing. Because sometimes we just need to make amends and listen to our conscience. Maybe we're holding a grudge against somebody and that's why we lose our peace. Jesus is saying, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I guess that speaks for, for itself, doesn't it? I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. What, is, what are the things that, he's, that he was talking about it was that he was going to go but that he was going to send the Holy Spirit and that he was going to give us our peace clearly why did he spend so much time saying that before he left this earth and went to die on a cross because he knew that there would be trouble that we will have trouble we would have trouble Apostle Paul in the, his letter to the Philippians is saying, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything. So the scriptures are telling us the problem as well as the solution. The problem, what robs us of our peace, is that we get anxious. And the solution is here. 
in every situation we can pray and present our requests to God. And he's promising that he will give us peace. Now, the peace of God is an attribute of the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where the kingdom comes, peace comes. And don't you love it that peace and joy often go hand in hand? So when we have peace, we can also be joyful. You can't be joyful when you're anxious or angry or any of those things. So peace and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what we're praying for. We're praying for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is near. Well, what does that mean? Isn't the kingdom of any God where that king rules? There might be areas in my life where the king rules, and so I will have peace in those areas. And there's areas where Jesus certainly doesn't rule. And maybe I'm lacking peace there, and certainly there's no sense of his kingdom there. So the peace of God is actually to be found in the kingdom of God. Psalm 34 says, seek peace and pursue it. Hence, hence the map. It is something that we have to be intentional about. We have to pursue it. We have to go after it. In Isaiah, we read, you will keep him or her, you, God, will keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he or she trusts in you. That might sound a little bit old-fashioned, but I love it. His, if your mind is stayed on him, somehow we will have peace. If your mind is stayed on something, you're becoming mindful, which is something that is a very modern thing to do at the moment. It's, it's fantastic, isn't it? We can train our minds to stay on something or someone. But it also says because he trusts in you. Now, I don't know, know about you, but I don't just trust somebody that I don't know. Do you? I have peace. Like when there's it's noise in the night and I'm not by myself. I don't go, huh? what was that? Ah, oh, just a cat. Oh, just a house creaking. Oh, oh. When there's somebody there who I trust to deal with it, maybe I'm delusional. My dear husband has often told me, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Protect me. <laughs> but we need to know the person that we're putting our trust in.
and we can actually make peace. And I'm finding this so encouraging that it's not just all about me to get my peace. Jesus was saying in his Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The Greek word here for the called is they will be known to, known as, they will be known as children of God. Isn't that amazing that people would recognize, acknowledge them, us, as God's children, if we make peace rather than always having our way or doing the opposite of making peace, causing trouble. So this says to me that we can be influencers. We can be influencers of the people around us. We can be influencers of our whole environment. We can be peacemakers. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And I'll give you the, um, the New Living Translation. It's a little bit easier for me anyway to get your head around. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So there's that sense of togetherness. This one might surprise you and scare you a little bit. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So it comes with something perhaps a little bit scary, but then immediately we get the reassurance. So the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And what does that mean? That means that we can actually do something to defeat the enemy. We can actually do something to get rid of the trouble or to deal with the trouble or to just get peace in the place. And how do we do that? By the grace of our Lord who's with us, not in our own effort and strength. It just illustrates the supernatural aspect of the peace of God. So let's have a look at peace as a blessing. It's a beautiful thing. So often I have been blessed by the peace of of others when I just didn't have peace, when I was struggling with stuff that was going on around me and I just had to depend on others to bless me with peace, to pray, to listen, to just be there. There's so many greetings. Almost every letter in the New Testament starts out with the, grace, with the greeting, grace and peace to you, peace to you, grace and peace to you. But I like this one because it also, again, it comes with a how. It says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. There again, we have to get to know God And we've got to know, get to know Jesus. If this is a step too far for you, and I've certainly been a step too far for me in my life many times, then how, do, how about 
for me, the best way to get to know somebody that I don't know is through somebody that already knows them. Before I married my husband, I just wanted to meet his friends. I wanted to see who does he hang out with. Is he trustworthy? Get to know him through who they hang out with. That's, it's like birds of a feather stick together, isn't it? You find out a lot by meeting people's family members, people's friends. So that's our little roadmap to the peace of God. Maybe you're wondering about that compass. The compass is, is simply Jesus. He's pointing to our true north. He's the truth, the way, and the life. He shows us where our true north is so we can actually go in the right direction. And you can see that the peace of God has moved into the kingdom of God on my map. So I hope you can find that useful. And sometimes it's still a squiggly, squiggly, hard mission to get there. It's not always easy. I hope I can encourage you with this. This is for me often what the peace of God looks like. There's a desert, everything is dry, everything feels like hard. And then water comes into the desert. And the desert will blossom because there's seeds already there that you may not be aware of. And all they need to sprout is, yes, the warmth and the water. And this is a message that I've listened to, like good 10 years ago, that has never left me alone, was that when water comes into the desert, the desert blossoms. And Barry Kissel was preaching his um, new wine in the UK. He was speaking um, on Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. And so this is actually a picture of that desert, the Negev in Israel, that just blossoms. That's what he used as an, what Isaiah was using as an illustration. So it was something that people could see and were familiar with. So remember, the peace of God is tangible. It's something desirable. It is something we can both receive and give. To the degree of influencing ourselves and others, changing our internal and external circumstances on a physical level, in our minds, in our hearts, and affecting our emotions. So why the dove? You, you may know the dove is a sign of the Holy Spirit. It was also um, the dove that came back to Noah's Ark with a branch, possibly an olive branch. It's been a sign of peace over many different cultures and generations. And it's also 
Yeah, there's um, in, in three of the Gospels, there's a mention of when Jesus got baptized, that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, or even in a form of a dove. And you might wonder why a dove. People that have doves, that work with doves, that are around doves, tell me that for the dove to come near you, to sit on your shoulder, to rest on you, you just got to be still. If you're mucking about fidgeting, and they seem to sense whether there's some internal stuff going on, some turmoil, they won't come. So I'd really like to use this opportunity to maybe still ourselves before God as, um, as Adele is going to come up and play some nice tunes. Thanks, Adele. Just still, let's still our hearts before God and see if we can't receive this peace. And feel free to stay in your seats. Feel free to go out, grab a coffee at any time. There's beautiful baking out there. Thanks, Marianne. But I would encourage you to not let this opportunity slip. Either just stay in your seat or move forward so don't get distracted. Or come up come up here. Receive prayer if you want. Pray for others if you feel like you have something to give. If you've received a peace even now or this morning during the worship and you feel like you can bless somebody else, please come up. Let's use this time. Let me pray. Thank you for your peace. I thank you for the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who's promising to give us his peace. So your kingdom come, God, and you will be done. And I just pray over everybody here and every family represented here and all the people that maybe have not made it here because they're sick that are part of this congregation. Father, may you, the God of hope, you, the God of peace, fill us all with your peace and your joy as we would trust in you. And may we overflow with hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. So grace and peace to you. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.